Hello and welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionHydration.com. Precision Hydration offer electrolyte drinks in different strengths to match how you sweat. Personalize your hydration strategy today at precisionhydration.com and get a free box or tube of pH worth up to $9.99 using the code OxygenAddict. We're also brought to you by foodcell.co.uk. The next generation of top tube nutritional carriers for your bike, designed to allow endurance triathletes and cyclists to carry enough food and gels while allowing easy access. Use the code FREEPOST for free delivery worldwide. Check it out at foodcell.co.uk. And lastly, we're brought to you by TeamOxygenAddict.com Triathlon Coaching. Helping hundreds of age group triathletes see huge improvements in their 70.3 and Ironman performances. The time training system makes sure that you get the important training done each week in a way that complements the rest of your life. And all right, everybody, welcome to the show. It's mid-June, which means obviously it's cold and hammering down outside here in Great Britain right now, Hells. <laughs> Yep. It is a pretty special period of weather, isn't it, at the moment? But it's all good. We've got some hot racing action to go through. Loads of stuff happened over the last couple of weeks. Hells has been away, so we've got loads of stuff to chat through. First up, Hells, how are you? Did you have a great holiday? I had a very good holiday, Rob, thank you, in um, Sardinia, cycling around the northern third, northern quarter of the island. Stunning part of the world. Really good cycling. Amazing pizza, clearly. Amazing gelato. And, um, yeah, we just had a really, really good time. And we did, uh, I don't know, sort of 60 to 85 mile days. Yeah, I had um, a nice vicarious holiday watching you, uh, watching you and Rich and the rest of the gang wind your way around the northern tip of Sardinia as it was bouncing down with rain here every day last week. I was like, oh, that we looks nice. We were very lucky. We were very, <laughs> very lucky with the weather. Um, and it was very warm. I don't think it was, there was one day where it was really, really hot and you had to stop quite a lot and just make sure that we were getting on enough water. Um, precision hydration kept us kept us in the game, Rob. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, regular regular food stops. But it's, it is amazing it's when you go. Just nice riding weather, was it? Really nice riding weather. And then you go somewhere like that and we obviously rode a, a bit in Italy two years ago. And but all the drivers, seriously, there was we didn't have one problem with the driver. Is it pretty? I want to say rural, but you know what I mean. Are you pretty much when you're between villages? Is it like riding so, in Greece's kind of thing? You, you're just out in the countryside. Yeah, some bit. So yeah. some of the times we were probably on the main roads between certain towns, and then you know we did. We came slightly off road once when, well, apparently it was possible. It was a gravel track, and um, we had to take oh, we nice. had to pop our bikes gravel and, biking, huh? Oh Jesus, it was not good. <laughs> um, that was like, um, yeah, that was a could quite happily lose my sense of humour on this hill. Um, you couldn't. I mean, I there was no way you could ride up it on a road bike with a um, yeah whatever loaded with kit yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a, a push. But th- so there were some roads which were really, really quiet, and then there were others which were really busy. But they, you know, they they would respect the fact that you want a bike. And typical, mm. I'd say typical Italian driving, they come up quite close to you, but then they overtake fairly. If yeah, if you get give that. you loads of space. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. And yeah. no one shouted obscenities or, or anything like that. So. 
It was good. Really you, good. Riding up the steep hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That sounds like you had a nice adventure. It was great. It was really cool. And it was good to be back on my bike. I think my good. panic training's just about there, Rob. Um, I went for my first open water swim in the UK of the year yesterday in Buttermere. Nice. So yeah. you've got, what, you've got the relays coming up, have you, this weekend? And then there's a half Ironman somewhere, haven't you, the week after? No, same weekend. Excuse me? Yeah, so I'm doing the relays on Saturday. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's all. I was, yeah, I was trying to do my maths in my head and I thought I was going to sound stupid because I was like, hang on, the relays are at the same event. It can't. Yeah. So you're doing the relays on the Saturday and then you're yeah, doing warm up. half Ironman on the Saturday. Good girl. Yeah. Yeah. Half. <laughs> well, if so, I've, anyone... no, so I've now done my open water swim. Yeah. Good. Love it. Um, I haven't yet been out on my TT bike. So I'm hoping that might be tomorrow um, nice. just for a little spin. And if not, and if it's dreadful, you know what? I'm just going to do it on my road bike. I'm comfortable yeah. with my road bike. I don't care. <laughs> Looks like it'd be good though. Weather's picking up for the weekend. It should be. Exactly. Timed it to perfection. Yeah. Brilliant. What <laughs> What is the first half Ironman of the year, if not going super fast for the first hour and being super uncomfortable for the last 30 minutes? Exactly. I mean, let's Welcome not worry about TT it. It's going to be it's going to be car crash. Um, well, it's just going to be a very interesting weekend, isn't it? Oh, I hope you have lots of fun. I hope so, too. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we've got loads and loads of results to catch up on after your holiday. So let's jump right into results. Sponsored by our friends over at Food Cell. Now, remember, Food Cell is an awesome top tube nutritional carrier box. You can fix it to your top tube using bolts if your TT bike got them. Or it comes with natty little Velcro straps that will attach it to your road bike as well. It's much bigger than the standard little bento box thing on the market in terms of how much you can fit inside, but it doesn't look bigger. That's the really clever thing about it. You can fit four of those big fat gels inside it or flapjacks or even a spares kit, but it even adds to the aerodynamics of some of the top end TT bikes out there because it's really well designed in the wind tunnel. It's even got those nice little sort of zip wheel bibbly bumps down the side of it, which yes. I like, Kels. <laughs> I'm a big it's fan of that. It is a very cool design. And the most important thing is you can open and close it with one finger using a clever little slider mechanism on the top. So no messing about with zips that get stuck. You can actually get your stuff into and out of it as you're riding. You can actually get into and out of it when you've still got one arm on the tri bars when you've practiced, as I found out this week as well. So dead useful for getting into and out of. Really impressed with this product. If you're looking for a solution for long distance racing, I think this is it. Get yourself over to Food Cell. Um, check them out there. And remember, you can get free delivery worldwide with the code FREEPOST, even if you're in America or anywhere else. It'll be shipped to you by courier. Uh, foodcell.co.uk. Get over and check them out. All right. So first results for start, I think, Hells, with results from this weekend just gone. And then we'll go back to other stuff that happened the weekend before. Over in the UK here, we've had the Lakesman and the Half Lakesman events up in the Lake District, which was up your end of the woods, wasn't it? You were up there this weekend. Yeah, didn't didn't take part, but we did go into Keswick. We saw the transition. We saw lots of people racking their bikes it's and, an ace and event, walking isn't around. It? Yeah, it I think totally we tempted. Takes, yeah, totally takes over the town. Um, yeah. really well designed little transition area there. Uh, I was dead impressed with it when I did the half last year, and. I tell you what, somebody has been and raised the game there this year. The win on the men's side was a young man called Sam Laidlow, who, get this, Hells, 20 years old. He's won the race in eight hours 21. 
guys. I was looking into this and, I mean, he outswam everyone by a clear 15 yeah. 16 minutes 16 minutes up out of the way it was so fast i when i first saw it i thought that's got to be a mistake has the swim been shortened but everybody else's swim splits look like it's not a fast swim course the lakesman it's always got slower times than you'd expect except for him who swam a 48 <laughs> yeah i found a 58 a couple of 58s by the way a bit further right. down so 10 minutes clear out of the water but the rest of the like the other two guys on the podium swam over an hour didn't they so what an amazing performance by him. He's biked 4.45. And then we tried to do the maths before this, didn't we? We think he's run in the low 240s. Yeah. So just an amazing performance from him. So we had a nosy round. We can see he's won one iron distance race before out in France. I think both his parents relocated to France to start a triathlon coaching company out there. So he's obviously grown up with the, sort of the love of that in his family. And he's done a lot of racing on the French scene. And yeah, then he won he's on this. the Prassy, Prassy, um, Prassy circuit. You know, um, yeah. the Grand Prix are really big in France, yeah. aren't they? And so Prassy's one of the well-known teams out there. But to transfer that over from, I mean, there are lots of very high standard Olympic distance racers who try to have a move to Ironman, but to go 821, even on a course like the Lakesman, that is an amazing result for him. So we're going to hunt him down and see if we can get him on the show. Um and then a win for Joe Shellcross from the women's 40 to 45 age group in the women's race in 10.42. Over in the half distance race, it was won by Beth Wilmot in 4.56. And Tom Rigby won the men's race in 4.10. I used to coach Tom years ago, Hells. Oh, nice. Five years ago. Um, so, yeah, he was always a very good, like, getting up on the podium athlete, but great to see him move up to actually you know he's been having some f- tremendous results over the last couple of years but to go 410 to win the lakesman half again super fast time on that course so yeah, nice work tom um rob just i've just had done a little bit more um uh research i think about sam and i've just seen um he's he said um he's put up on instagram uh, it's all in french but he's basically said you know this is for you dad uh, i guess it was father's day wasn't it oh, and he yeah. said as well that he was really chuffed with his um run because he said that he's had quite a number of years like doubting himself um on the run and he did rob he's put he's sort of confirmed a bit further down he said he did a 2.42, but then he says it's a 41K, not 42. So it would have been 1K short. But that is still... But I tell you what, that is still a... running. That's a legit 2.46 then, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that is that is a run to rival any pro man split at the moment. That's incredible. Yeah. So Wow. I think we need to be watching out for uh, Sam. He's well, going to be doing... I was just going to say, Barcelona, apparently. is he really? Well, let's put our feelers out to the Oxygenetic Triathlon community right now and say, if anyone knows Sam and can put us in contact, drop us a note on Twitter or email or Facebook or wherever. If you can hook us up with an email address and contact, we shall, uh, we shall be hunting him down for a chat very soon. All right, then, where should we go next? Shall we do uh, other stuff from this weekend? It was the ITU Mixed Relays in Nottingham, wasn't it? Yeah, I managed to catch this yesterday when I got home on catch up and GB stormed to victory uh, in Nottingham. It had to be a duathlon because the River Trent was so high and running so fast that it was too dangerous to have the swim. And um, the GB team was Alex Yee, Ben uh, Dykstra, 
Sophie Caldwell and Georgia Taylor-Brown. Georgia Taylor-Brown, fresh from her win at Leeds the weekend before, had an absolutely absolute blinder of her she first was totally leg. totally dominant, wasn't she? She just yeah. ran and rode away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. It was really good. So Great Britain beat Switzerland by 42 seconds and then France finished third. And uh, Alex Yee, who was on the last leg to bring it all home, he just looked like he was having such a great time running. What an amazing runner. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And then he said, oh, by the way, the swim's been cancelled. You'd be like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And imagine lining up to race that team and then hearing that the swim's been cancelled, knowing that you've got to race Alex Yee on the anchor leg. He was... It, he does, he runs, he looks like he's running in a track race. It's fantastic talent. It makes you really wonder, doesn't it? Especially in light of results at Leeds the week before. It makes you wonder what's going to happen with selection for um, for the Olympic team. Yeah, it is. Do you, know, well, do you know the selection policy in terms of, because obviously Mixed Relay is going to be at the Olympics. Do they have to pick, do the four athletes have to come from no, the, the three and the, the three that are racing. Uh, n- no, um, but I was going to say that the performance director has said that he has a plenty to think about at the moment because that you know there is so much talent out there. Yeah, and so I think because they've got more events now, so Nottingham they would have got points for Olympic qualification. Yeah, so that's why it was important, and then Hamburg as well. And Edmonton will give points. And then they've got the test event as well, which is in Tokyo, sort of a year out. So all those events are going to be really important for the mixed relay for qualification. For so so the, can they have four completely different athletes racing the mixed relay than the ones I, who race the this, Olympic? At this, I don't know. No, I wasn't sure about that either. Because you'd imagine that... I'd imagine that they've got a limited number of athletes they can take and they've got to pick from the same athletes who are doing the mixed, who are doing the, the Olympic distance race. So it all of a sudden there's a difficult sort of line there, isn't there, to pick athletes who can do well at both of them. Yeah. Do you choose to blood in the new athletes at the Olympics knowing that they'll do really well in the mixed relay? Or do you go with your tried and tested Brownleys knowing that, you know, that perhaps their performance over the shorter distance might not be as sharp as... It's a real interesting one, isn't it? Yes, it really <laughs> is. Um, it's, yeah. Good problem to yeah, have. Yeah, because some countries will just focus on on the mixed relay. Yeah. If they think that they've got more chance. You know, let's take, for for yeah. example, um, I've, let's say, you know, Switzerland have been really good so far at the relays. And obviously you've got, like, Nicholas Berg standout in the women's yeah. team. But perhaps they would put, yes, she's she's different. She's not selected yet. But maybe they would put a lot of their eggs in the mixed relay basket. Yeah. Yeah. All be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Cool. Well, that probably brings us on to then. Let's talk a little bit about ITU Leeds the week before, hey? Yes. Because, as you said, Georgia Taylor-Brown, what, like, what an assured performance from her. Oh, it was it was great. It was so good to see her put it all together in Leeds as well. And if you you know you you watch stuff around it, you listen to it, and so many of her 
competitors or her teammates are saying like we've known for years this girl is yeah so talented and you know when we had her on the podcast you should go back and listen to it it really really bubbly personality but she would have been out injured for a couple of years and that just must have been so full of doubt and even when I interviewed her a few months ago you could still hear little little bits of it like oh, I don't really know how I ended up on the overall podium last year you know was that really me yeah. um and so you just kind of I reckon that result in Leeds will really have given her the confidence then to yeah it's 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 obvious that she was kind of being held back by the injury niggles wasn't it and that the quality of the athlete that she is no one's no one's really had a chance to to see that racing against the top people and now she's had a period of time training injury free she's absolutely flying and i'll tell you what else it makes me feel much better about getting beaten by her over 5k as well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well I, I was thinking back to when i was watching the uh really i was thinking back to that sale sizzler yeah um, yeah she's a great runner she's a great runner um rob uh three men and three women on each of the teams for the olympics and then they've got to pick the two. Yes, then you could pick yeah. from that. Yeah, got you. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get up to six places. Yeah, got so you. Some some governing bodies won't get it, and sometimes they like you qualify a place, not necessarily a person. Yeah. Sometimes. So. Got you. Okay. And then it and then it's down to like selection committees as to actually who, which people go. As to who actually goes, yeah. 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 So that's an interesting headache, isn't it? You've got the you've got many headaches. The, the class and the that sort of the big game player aspects of the Brownleys, knowing that they're always going to really thrive under that high pressure situation in the Olympic race. But then you've got much faster, younger athletes over the run, certainly. But then you wouldn't bet against them in a mixed relay either, would you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and it will come down to how many medals can you get. Yeah. That that is that's what it will go on. Yeah. Yeah, wow. What medals are they assured of? All right, cool. Right, so other races that we've had on going on this weekend, then we've had um, wins for Frankie Sanjana and Freddie Van Leerd again, following his win at Ironman Lanzarote, out at 70.3. Oh, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Els. Les Sables de Lone oh, in France. Well done. Très bien. Très bien. Um, <laughs> très bien. Yeah, so Fab, we had Frankie on a couple of weeks ago and. Um, it's, so it's her first win, first professional win over the 70.3 distance. And I know she was a bit disappointed with her result at the Challenge Championship um, a week or two back. And so to kind of come back, bounce back, oh, she's absolutely over the moon. She said she's just so chuffed that it all came together. So good on you, Frankie. Did she have, she was at Samarin, wasn't she? And I think I read that she had cramps so yeah. bad getting out of the water that yeah. she couldn't get on the bike. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, yeah. I had that happen once at a race in, um, do you remember the, the Wensleydale full cheese race from back in the day? No, you but might... it sounds amazing. It sounds like the trout run. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of race you'd have loved. The, the prize was obviously a massive piece of Wensleydale cheese for the winner. It was like this super tough middle distance race where you, you got out of the water and you had to ride up like a one in three, one in four hill straight oh. out of transition. Um, and both my, both my quads locked solid standing up out of the water and I was standing there just like screaming thinking no one can come and help me I was in knee deep water I couldn't move either leg 
And I thought, if I fall over, I'm actually going to drown in knee deep water. <laughs> so I had this stream of athletes come by me going, are you all right, mate? No, please help me out of the water. And so some guy eventually stopped and sort of like a football player being helped off the pitch, put his arm under my thing and helped me out of the water. I was like an action man with two stiff legs. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I know when, oh. people, when people hear that you go, oh, I suffered really badly with cramp. It's yeah. very hard to put into words. Quite how bad. Quite how bad that is. Like somebody's activated every single one of your quad muscles and made them lock up completely. <laughs> oh. oh, no, that is not good. You're just talking about getting out of water. Uh, yesterday, trying to get out of Buttermere, um, it goes really rocky at the yeah. shore yeah. and it was quite slippery as well. And I think because it was so cold, I just, I could not balance. I fell over four times. You've got to come out on your tummy, haven't you? You've got to come out yeah. like, like if, it was one so of those funny. fish emerging from like, yeah. you know, I am, I'm coming out of uh, the Darwinian theory of evolution on my tummy and then roll onto yeah. your back and bum wiggle out. That was it. It was really embarrassing. Uh, but I was only with one other person, so it didn't matter. Um, Rob, <laughs> other re- results that um, we need to mention. Um, we did just say there about Georgia Taylor-Brown winning the women's race at Leeds. Um, well, Jake Burtwistle from Australia won the men's race. So that was ITU Leeds. Fantastic. You can go and watch the highlights on the BBC if you're in the UK. Ironman Boulder, Matt Hansen was flying. He was. He absolutely stormed it, didn't he? Um, there's a really good YouTube video, actually. Uh, Tim O'Donnell had somebody filming him. So there's a really cool, like, 15-minute video that people have put together of him. He led out and was leading for ages. And then Matt Hansen came by him like he was standing still on the run. And, uh, yeah, he it absolutely dominated. I think he ran in the low 240s again. So that's him off to Kona and, um, you know, going super super well which is great to see after his disappointment out in texas but tim o'donnell's video is great because it's got like rinny's there with their daughter and she's only i think maybe a year old so she's kind of standing at the roadside watching her dad go zooming by and and tim o'donnell says like i you know i was going to drop out at mile 18 i felt so terrible and then i just decided like you're in third come on this is going to get yourself to the finish line, even if you've got a hobble there. So it's a real interesting interview with the mental aspect of even a pro like him going, I'm having a terrible day. Do I stop? Do I carry on? Do I stop? Do I carry on? I'm yeah. going to check it out. Lauren Dead Brandon won the women's race at Boulder and then it was 70.3 UK and some nice flipping great results there too well george goodwin young george goodwin it's got to be said he had an absolute stormer i i think all my money was on will clark to take another win after uh i think he'd raced and won outlaw half hadn't he and then he finished second in brazil and then he was racing this the weekend after so i thought he's in he's in amazing form but george goodwin ran i think 114 off the bike just had an absolute stormer so Brilliant result for him. Will Clark in second and Elliot Smales in third. And then over on the women's side, dominating performance by Lucy Charles Barkley again. Yeah, 4.22 to take the win there. Her first Ironman branded win, I think, on as a pro on, on UK soil. So that's cool. Emma Pallant was second in 4.26. And then Katrina Rye was third in 4.29. We're going to get Katrina on at some point over the next few weeks as well. Awesome stuff. Okay, right then. Let's. Is that all of them? Let's go. There's been loads yeah. of results this week, and I've done them all. Awesome stuff. Right. 
Let's go forward then. We've got a coach's couch question this week about being injured. Oh, I forgive. I feel I feel Rob's pain. Another Rob. Rab. Rab even. Rab. Rab. Yeah. Rab. Sorry, Rab. Um, I do feel Rab's pain. Because he says, four weeks until Ironman UK and I've pulled something in my calf after having such a great run last week at my 70.3. This is annoying. My training plan has my longest run this coming Thursday. Should I still attempt it? I'm going to say, Rab, don't panic. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to say. Don't <laughs> panic, bless him. So Rab's one of the guys we coach in Team Oxygen Addict, and he's got he's got a history of calf problems that he's managed superbly well. He's got himself into great shape and had a really good race at Cotswold 113. Confidence came back in droves and had a really good run there. And then, obviously, with four weeks to go, this niggling calf that's causing problems for years has gone again. And he's done everything right. The background is he's he's been for massage, he's rested, he's iced it, he's done everything right. But I thought, what a great question this is to sort of highlight to people. What do you do when you've got a plan laid out in front of you? You know you've got this sort of, like in his head, he was going, it's the longest run I'll ever have done in training. I was really looking forward to it. So more than anything, it was a, I'm really looking forward to doing this training one. Can I still have a go at it? So the the thing I was going to say with this is my advice is going to be, we're going to give it a try with a really short run on Wednesday. He'll have had four or five days off running by that point. He's had massage. He's had all the the coldness of the ice. So hopefully that'll have helped it recovered. But I think we've got to take it day by day. We've got to see how it feels on the Wednesday. We're definitely not going to go with a three hour run on Thursday off the back of having an injured calf, but we're going to ease back into it over the course of the week. And we've just got to take it day by day and see what happens and how it feels because it might be one of those niggles that it pops up and it goes away as quickly as it's come. We have to treat it on feel. So regardless of that, we're not going to do the long run this week, but we might be able to still get a really long run in next week because it might be that this calf is completely, completely healed up and we're ready to go again. The advice I am going to give when you're coming back from an injury like this is when you're trying to do balancing the long run against balancing the worry that you've got an injury, the way I'm going to advise you to do this is set up a looped run course that goes past your house so that if any point you get this niggle coming back again, you've got the ability to stop. So even something as simple as a 20 minute loop means you've never got more than about 10 or 15 minutes worth of walking to get back home. If you feel you're going to be better off having the walk back and pull the pin at any point, because it's, it's hard to sort of call, isn't it? Beforehand's held. It's hard to, to make the, the call as to what you're going to do and how well it's going to hold up. You've got to have the option to be able to stop if there are any doubts, but you've also got to set out with the aim of getting a long run done. So I think that looped run when you are getting back into that long run attempt is the key to making sure that you can get the long run done if you need to. And if the calf's good, but you can also pull the pin and be reactive if it's not. Yeah. And um, I just go back to uh, Ironman UK three years ago and I had done minimal running well this is almost exactly what faced you wasn't it to like the was it yeah. three weeks before or maybe even four weeks no, it was before. longer it was from the middle of middle of may wow so it was probably what almost eight weeks then leading up yeah. to to race yeah. day where you're yeah, managing really, this calf it was achilles and um but i really i didn't really run I'd yeah jump, and i built back up to 45 minutes just before and you, you actually said it was it was right down to the point where you said, I'm going to make the call when I come out of transition. I'm going yeah. to do the swim and the bike. And I don't think either of us really thought it was going to I happen. I think I'd be able to do it. No, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. So yeah, Rab, don't panic. It just goes to show sometimes to your body. body remembers all of that training. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Good, good. All right. So a quick promo for Team Oxygen Addict. If you're considering getting coaching, we have got an offer on in June. If you take out an annual membership, you can buy 12 months of coaching and it will be extended to the end of September 2020. So essentially two race seasons worth of coaching for the price of one annual membership. So you're going to get your training plan. You get support in our Facebook group. You get monthly team video coaching calls. You get access to the team kit. You get all your super amazing teammates in that group as well if you're considering getting coaching if you have got a race coming up and you think i need some help in the tune up to this then you can jump on the coaching now knowing that you've got time to build all the way through to next year's race season as well okay tell us please hells about our interview of the week this week so Rob, you I think you will probably be as happy as I am to be able to introduce this person as an Ironman champion. Um Nikki Bartlett is our interview of the week. We had Nikki on our first ever podcast. At that point she had just finished racing in the age group ranks and she was about to she was just turning professional and my word, yes, we've heard from Nikki quite a bit over the last couple of years. So it's nice to keep you all updated with her progress as well. And so hopefully you are all thrilled for her that she won in Lanzarote because it just goes to show all of the hard work, all of that consistency, all of the ups and downs, you know, don't give up and it will pay off. So here is this week's interview of the week. Ironman champion, Nikki Bartlett. How's it going? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> has it felt like a complete has it felt like a complete whirlwind the last sort of what twenty four hours? Uh yeah, like completely like I'm so I feel really spaced out because obviously you don't sleep before the race. Like I was starting to get nut. I was starting to like dream about that swim start, the mass swim start on like Wednesday. So I was not sleeping from Wednesday, Thursday, and then obviously you don't sleep the night before the race. And then I kept waking up the night of the race. Uh, we came back late because we'd been to the finish line party. Well, just like the last Heroes Hour we always go down to. Um, we came back and I literally was waking up in the night thinking it was a dream and that I was waking up for the race. So I kept waking up and I was like, no, I literally can't move my legs. No, that's fine. Like, I've raced. And then, and then I'm like, oh, I'm buzzing. And I'm like, but it's 2 a.m. So I just did that constantly. And I did it constantly on Sunday night, after, uh, the two days after. So I'm literally sleep deprived, but um, I feel like a bit of a zombie. But yeah, in a very good way. Can you talk, talk me through, talk me through the day? Oh, God, what a day it was. Um, the they have actually described it as one of the toughest, if not the toughest conditions they face here in Lanzarote for the Ironman, which um, just makes it uh, an even more epic day out, I guess. Um, was that because yeah, it, was it mean, hot and windy then? Yeah, I mean, the bike wasn't hot. Well, I guess coming back in, the sun started to come out. Uh, I was fine on the bike, um, but the wind was unreal, like relentless. Like, you know, those. if you've been to Lanzarote, you know the really harsh crosswinds. It was mentors and like and i had like video cameras on me i was like oh my god i can't fly off into rock i look like a right chopper <laughs> if i don't handle this bike very well so i was like very conscious of like keeping control of the bike but yeah it was a really windy day very very slow conditions and then as soon as you came down to Porto de carmen the sun was just like 
fuming. It was roasting the headwind on the run because you do a big 20k loop out and back. Um, and once you've kind of done 5k out past all the amazing crowds, you're then pretty much very lonely for the next, I don't know, 10k's. Um, and it was just like a stonking headwind, and you was like, whoa. And then the sun was just beaming on your head, and it was just like a massive sweat fest. But yeah, it was very absolutely brutal in the conditions. Um, so yeah, we had everything thrown in there for, for race day. <laughs> At what point during the race did you think, okay, this this genuinely could happen today? Um, I get. I guess the belief started before. Like I've had such a consistent. Like I had pretty rubbish after staffs last year. I kind of, sh- I had an injury and I should have sorted it out sooner than I did, and it meant I had pretty much. I think 12 weeks off over the off season of doing pretty much just swimming and some total rest with my ankle. Um, and then I had like the most consistent winter I've ever had. And, and a lot of things in life have, have changed for us and, and myself. And I, I'm a lot happier in a, as a person and I'm in amazing set up and team and just really happy in life in general. And I kind of, yeah, I've just been loving everything so far and probably hear the wind now. Um, so, yeah, so I, I came in with very high aspirations. Um, the field was super tough. No, And there's only one slot for females, one slot for males. So so basically a win and you're in uh, for Kona slot. Um, so everyone was coming with kind of wanting that slot. So And, and it was a really good classy field, females and males. So it made it such a competitive day. Um I wouldn't say at any point I thought, you know, this is mine in the bag. Absolutely not the chance. Um, not even on the last, I had five Ks to go and I still, I think had a four and a half, five minute lead with five Ks to go. But there's not one point during that. I was like, I was so focused, right. I think right until about 10 meters before hitting the red carpet, I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. Um, but yeah, so absolutely no point. I was just like, I, tr- I executed my race plan pretty much perfectly. Um, but at no point did I think, you know, I've got this in the bag. No, but I, I did start the run and I was like, I've got an eight minute lead. This is now mine to lose. But I still didn't, you know, I just, ha- I was like, right, I need to focus on what I can do here rather than what anyone else is doing behind me um so yeah so yeah absolutely ecstatic and the crowds were immense like literally buzzing um so yeah absolutely i don't even know how to describe it um yeah it's yeah absolutely speechless um was it was it almost how you was it (laughs) kind of how you imagined it would be well winning yeah yeah uh, yeah, even better uh yeah it's I don't even know how to describe that feeling. It's literally like one of the best, if not the best day of my life. Like absolutely, you just feel ridiculously alive. Like you are just, I don't know, like I was tearful, as emotional, but at the same time I was just super buzzing. And I was going down the finish shoot and I was like hugging people I knew in the crowds and high-fiving everyone. So I'm just shouting, quick, get to the finish line. <laughs> so I went over, got to the finish line and then came, came back out. Um, but yeah, absolutely mental. Um, yeah, it's taken a, a while to get to my first, my first first, I guess. Um, yeah, I went pro four years ago. Uh, since 2016, I've had that would be my 14th podium across 70.3 and Ironman races. And yeah, it just shows that sometimes you have to be very patient, just like this race, because 
patience on this course is absolutely key. You cannot go off too hard on anything, otherwise it's going to bite bite your back. <laughs> You've just said it there. I mean, you were the first person that we had on the podcast. If, if anyone remembers back to um, it was Cup of Try, and you were the very first person, and you. You know, by the, when we were recording it, I think you had got your pro license, but the idea would be that you would be racing as a pro, sort of later that, um, you know, the early the next year. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, that's right. And we've yeah. had you on, like, you know, regularly since then, and yet you've been on the podiums, but you have not quite yet managed until this weekend that top <laughs> yeah. spot. And I just think it's it's just amazing to have followed you from the beginning, and finally like all that hard work finally yeah. came to fruition yeah it is it's just a, a lot of hard work dedication and commitment and you know nothing really secret about it it's just a lot of years and a lot of patience and a lot of hard work um yes it's really really difficult to describe how how ecstatic i am um it hasn't sunk in if i'm honest like um, I've had an overwhelming amount of support and messages and I try and get back to everyone individually so I've been going through them and my phone literally like I'll be on it for an hour and then the battery dies and then I'll recharge it and then the battery dies <laughs> I'm like oh my god um, but yeah like it's our last day in Lanzarote and it's kind of sinking in now but I think it will really sink in when we go home How how hard have the kind of really crap times been over the past four years <laughs> oh i guess i guess i've want to experience those rubbish times the times where like i literally after i i guess yeah after i'm on wales um in september it just it was didn't go well like, i shouldn't like probably shouldn't have raced and like when i look back i was like i should have got my injury sorted out properly um i yeah i i was i honestly i couldn't get out of bed for about five days i was crying i like the thought like the thought I was going to quit the sport I was like no nah, I can't like it's just too too much too much like keep having setbacks after setbacks um and yeah it's so funny how you know that that one moment if Bex hadn't said some of the words she did then I yeah I could have quite easily well not easily quit but there was there was definitely thoughts of like you know this is just too much like it affects me too much like I feel de- like you makes you feel depressed really low um yeah so is it, that's when you need your team right behind you to pick you up in those crap moments because yeah anyone listens to this I'm sure you pretty much have injury problems or you know any health problems just to kind of keep plugging away because because your time will come what difference do you think it's made having two focuses this year because you have been um, training with the paratriathlon squad as well you've obviously been racing uh, on the circuit to try to qualify for Tokyo Paralympics so do you think almost taking all of you all of your eggs out of the Ironman and that Kona basket yeah. and putting yeah. a few in the Paralympics basket has that helped as well do you think take a little bit almost a bit of pressure off because you kind of got two amazing goals yeah like uh how like how awesome are all those goals like it's just amazing and uh, i got to know alison before i applied for the guiding process and um yeah and it's funny because she's actually married now to one of our friends who was bex's first very first athlete she coached and a guy who i started to get into the sport with so it's kind of gone like 360 back around and and to be able to and, and just like when you're in training when you're suffering when you're just like oh, you know i'm too tired to do a session or you know i'm not going to get these watts or just like you just, 
you just man up a bit more and just be like, well, it's not just for me anymore. It's not such a selfless pursuit, I guess. It's it's for someone else. You're trying to help them achieve their dreams and goals because this year is all about uh, qualifying, Alison, for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Um, uh, we've done one race um, and we've got three more to go. Which, which you won? The three... Uh, yeah, we did win. It's absolutely brilliant. Like again, one of one of the best days ever, and, and just seeing Alison very happy and and yeah, we had a great race. But there's there's a lot more to come uh, because we've only been kind of I guess we only started properly in December, um, and the support team with British Triathlon is just absolutely amazing, and the team atmosphere as a whole just motivates you completely. Um, just yeah, it's an absolutely amazing team to be a part of. Um, and their practitioners and support team is just world class. Um, so you kind of are getting the very best advice um, and support for your training. Um, so yeah, it's it's helped me no end from SNC to nutrition to to everything. Um, building on top of what what Rob's been doing with me since I, since I kind of went properly professional in 2016. And it's kind of like um, the, the added elements, isn't it? That you won't, you know, sort of being a professional long distance triathlete is pretty lonely. So to have yeah. those extra bits, almost for the first time, you've got even more of a team and a support network around you. Oh, 100%. 100 um, Yeah, and it's it's just like the kind of access you get on being on world-class programme is just phenomenal. And you can see why athletes can be the very best they can be on that kind of support um it it allows you to kind of you know train full time um if you, you know if you go back like say i had a little niggle niggle after uh, a race or session you can get in straight away and see a physio and kind of get on top of things straight away before they become an issue um yeah so it's absolutely phenomenal so it allows me then to be a better athlete for Alison um because i can just i i, I know i've got um you know the best support team around me um, so yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's very inspiring to be a part of, and yeah, yeah, I feel very lucky. How how do you balance both sets of training? Because I mean, it's two completely <laughs> I've different. I've had a lot of fish. those questions coming in. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do well, it? Well, I guess. Uh, well, I guess people think that you just do like, even I guess some people in in, you know, the Olympic program or whatever that they. they, they they just presume you just do miles after miles but uh, our program well my program really isn't like that um i always joke and say i'm a sprint and 70.3 athlete in the week and then at the weekends i do my ironman training and so um, this is from from if, rob you mean so all the program that you get from your from, from rob, rob yeah, yeah um bex does my swims um obviously my well, bex and and um the team who i obviously swim the british para para team and i'll do run sessions and bike sessions with them sometimes and and sometimes i like add a bit of a session on top of a session if that makes sense so i'll do some speed work um some above 5k 10k pace and then and then carry on doing some some more intervals after that um so we've got a, a great balance at the moment and we do a lot of speed work in training um i think yeah a lot of people would be shocked probably i think age groups just presume you do 30 to 40 hours a week but i i, I don't personally um yeah so yeah i i find if i did anything more than 25 to 28 i just couldn't get the quality in in the sessions rob gives me so um and plus i like to have the recovery time and not feel like you're always out the door um i like chilling with my dog and 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 yeah so so yeah i think um when people ask all the time like how are you balancing the two well the speed element brings on my man training my man training brings on my biking and running 
um, to make me a better athlete. So, so it all combines really well together. So then what else are you going to be focusing on this season? Or how, has, has the win this weekend at Ironman Lanzarote, has yeah. that then changed any other plans later on in the season? Because um, I guess Kona now is like, great, you can sort of focus on a bit of the... yeah focus back on the paratry stuff knowing that great Kona qualification sorted that was one of the goals yeah I mean I, I'm gonna be honest I was always doing this as my only race for Kona this was I was all in for this one um there was no backup because to be honest I didn't want to have a backup because it would have ruined my chances well not my chances but it would have ruined kind of my preparations of Alison and being able to perform with her because we go to Florida for our um, training actually starts as I get back on Wednesday from here. <laughs> we go into the heat chamber as our prep. So we have to have preparation before we go to Florida on a heat camp. Um, so British Triathlon have put a lot of funding into our heat camp in Florida to get ready for Tokyo. Yeah, so it's going to be really Florida. hot, isn't it? Yeah. Really humid. Um, yeah, it's going to be humid. absolutely roasting. It's pretty much Kona conditions, so... Again, I'm getting uh, best of best of everything now. <laughs> um, and I, I do like the heat, but I'm I'm not used to humidity at all. So that that prep would be brilliant. Um, so yeah, we go to Florida in June for two weeks, and then we go straight from there to Montreal, which is the first World Paris Series race, which is the qualification process. Um, so that's a big race for us. So then I didn't want to do obviously an Ironman in that time because there was well there is no time. And then in July. I don't want to do an Ironman there because um, in August we have the Tokyo test event, which is probably Alison's major race of the season. Um, kind of her fundings based on that race. And um, again, it's another qualification race and it's obviously a practice race on what is the Tokyo course for 2020. Um, and before that, we go to Miyazaki for a, another heat camp to prepare for that. So in July, we're in the heat chambers in Loughborough kind of as a between the Florida and Miyazaki heat camp we're kind of ticking over to to keep um building on the adaptation and and we actually we've just bought a house so we moved house in July so there was no way I could fit in an Ironman in either June July or August so I was like well it's just Lanzarote then so all in for this one um which put a, a little bit of pressure on it but I had well there's been a bit of external pressure as well to try and get my first win. There's everyone's like, come on, Nikki, this is your time. But I think they've been saying that for about a year. Um, and my dad's very, very good at drawing. And he said, ah, and he's also, well, you can, I think I've got a picture on my Instagram the wall. post. Yeah. The, <laughs> what, what Rob calls it the wall of glory. Yes. And it's literally an Ironman sign with shelves with all my pro podiums on. And there's there's going to be a separate shelf for my first first, and it's just been a running commentary as a joke, but also a bit of a come on, Nicky now. <laughs> um, there's been a joke of yeah, come on, when's your first? And my dad's been saying it for about two years that you know when you get it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a drawing and and create a shelf. And on, what two is seconds. It? Hey, sorry. Uh, tomorrow I leave. Tomorrow yeah. in the morning you going breakfast? Yes, after then. <laughs> Yeah, we can get a photo later, definitely. I'm in dinner later, so I'll see you there. Oh, okay. I saw it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, see that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, Grande Sayuno. So he wants he wants his photo with you. That guy. He wants a selfie. Yeah, I've had quite a few selfies, which is nice. <laughs> and um, obviously, I do my double thumbs up. And I've got a lot of people to be doing it too, so it's quite great. <laughs> I think actually um, I, you t- you met some people from my tri club. I did. We got a uh, photo after the awards. They were like, "Oh, can we have a photo?" I was like, "Of course you can." They were like, "We know Helen and um, Rob." Um, Rob. <laughs> Love it. Um, so so yeah. Had, so then has your dad sent you a photo now of the of the space, which is going to be? So he's like, I, has he designed I, it I out already? Yeah, but it's it's a funny one. My parents have actually just sold their house. It's been a house sent like within the family four members of our family are all moving house this year um so they've just sold their house so they're moving in six weeks and now my brother's like oh can you build a wall uh, a wall just before you move my dad's like i don't think the new people want another iron man sign on the wall because obviously that new ha- that new couple going into that house are not going to want that sign on the wall <laughs> so they're saving it for the new house and then he's like oh i'll do my drawing now but i can't decide uh, which which one to do so he's deciding which photo to do at the moment <laughs> nice you could actually have a whole you could have a whole room, Nicky, not just a wall. I don't. Well, yeah. The, my, he wants to come and draw one in our new turbo room, and yeah, it's it quite tempting to accept his offer there. I think it's it'll be motivating to have um, trophies up in in your trainer room for sure. Definitely. What is the difference in pressure like before? So different before lining up on the beach for Ironman Lanzarote, and yeah. you know, ahead of a, a race when you're guiding Allison. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I've only done one race of Allison, and it was when we went into that race. I, I was training quite heavily up two days up to it, and she wasn't really tapering either. It was it was very much a training race and a practice race because we were our first race was going to be in Montreal, the first qualification race, and I was like, oh, you know, do you think we should do a bit of a, a practice, practice race? Cause it, yeah, because we obviously do a lot of practice and training and stuff, and that's been going fantastic, but it's different to the stresses of a race environment. And obviously, I've never done a sprint before in my life, so that's my first ever sprint race. Um, and obviously, ITU is different, you know, rules and kind of everything is just so different from, from Ironman racing. So it was great to get that, that race in. I mean, you are nervous, but you also, you're doing it, you know, you want to, do your best for someone else as well um and obviously like when you when you're trying to go full gas in a sprint and also talk to someone that's also a very good big challenge but as everyone says i don't find it hard to not talk so <laughs> and and now it's the running commentary of oh who are you going to talk to in your eye man i actually now started talking to myself because i was like oh i'm getting a bit bored have you okay so what, <laughs> what kind of stuff do you talk to yourself in your head um <laughs> This is a really funny one. But my one of my friends always takes the mic and he says you have to tell people that you do this. When I'm really suffering, I just shout my dog's name. Titch, <laughs> do you? Yeah, I just have Titch, and then like the thought process then of Titch just makes me smile and like makes me push harder. Because like no matter what you do, no matter if your day is great or not, your dog's always there and they don't care where you've been and they're just smiling and happy to see you i mean like sometimes like you go out the house lock the door and you've forgotten something so you go back in they're like oh, you're home and it's like i've literally been 30 seconds at the house so like just the thought process of her just makes me smile so i just shout her name sometimes <laughs> just like, and you, you, should, do you I'm, actually shout it out loud or are you say i in your shout head? out loud yeah so mid <laughs> so what like 20k yesterday you were going or what 30k you're like titch titch it's like titch <laughs> god i actually have a screw loose um yes yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah that and 
I, I, I mean, in training, you go through some dark places. Like I'm on training at the like my, like the weekend sessions. When I think back to some of the brick sessions we do, I mean, they are so tough. And at points in those sessions, like it, you go back, it's like right, I can do this. I've done it in training. Like, and you just yeah, your thought processes have to be on what you can do and you know that you know your goals and nutrition and your race strategy you have to kind of not take it you cannot think of it as a whole race like every time i lead up to an ironman i'm like this is a ridiculous thing that we're doing like like it's just insane like when i was getting off the bike i was like i am about to run a marathon this is just ridiculous like just been on the bike for five hours 38 minutes and horrific wind on the slowest day apparently in, in their record books and obviously then the swim which you sometimes forget that you've done as well (laughs) it's just like this is just insane distance especially when you talk to people who don't do it they're just like they just can't believe it like i was talking we saw a couple when we were coming back and it's possible common is quite a brits abroad kind of place and there's a lot of people here on holiday and a lot of people didn't even know what was going on but they were supporting and they were like we just thought we were supporting a run race, but we didn't realise you'd been on your bikes and you'd swum. <laughs> and then she was like, and then they ask you how far you've been. And they're just like, what? But that's like the whole way around the island, around all the hills. I'm like, I know, it is. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Even four years on. Yep, it's still insane. I know every Ironman I do in the race, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, what are we doing? And then you just realise why you're doing it in the race and it's all worth it. And it's all, yeah, it's brilliant. What's one of the most, um, I don't know, what's one of the biggest things that you have learned in the four years since turning pro? Uh, patience, 100% patience. Like, and not to compare yourself to others. Some people have their progress is a lot greater than yours or, and you know, you've just got to stay in your your kind of little bubble of, you know, your goals and your processes to get to where you want to be like do not compare yourself to anyone else because it is just and social media is is great but it's also very terrible at people i try i try to give an honest view like after wales i'll show like a picture of me and taking off in the wheelchair and i'm happy to say that you know i absolutely blew up and i was walking for 20 minutes or whatever to get to the finish line and um yeah i'm happy to share my ups and downs not many other people do and and social media sometimes is all about those great glory moments and it's not all like that at all um you've got to go to some very dark places before before you get to to those amazing ones and those amazing ones are even more appreciated because of the dark moments and um yeah so social media can be a bad one for for seeing what is apparently the journey to to the top but you know it's it's i don't even know how to describe it it's yeah it's it's just patience 100 percent. and have you i know you don't um drink much um or if anything at all but uh, i have actually just had a pint have you (laughs) it wasn't actually it was less than a pint because that's why they told me i had to have it (laughs) i was like i've just got back from a recovery ride Mm." i was like oh fine go on then and have an ice cream alongside it (laughs) So is that is that is that the celebration? <laughs> but like, there's so many people in this complex. Um, some people have not a clue what is going on. Um, probably 80% of people haven't got a clue, and then the other 20% are us nutters. Um, and then there's an amazing crowd of people who just come out and support 
other people and there's a group we made friends with from Wales and they're like trying to get me back to do Ironman Wales this year and I was like I can't come back for another two years but after that I will um so yeah they, they when we saw them come I came back off the bike today and they're like come and have a drink and I was like I'll oh, go on then um, and they were cheering me on on race day so it's it great to get to know them that's nice and then will you will you you're not really gonna have time to be able to celebrate are you uh, so yeah, we've been celebrating over the past couple of days with Good. family and friends, and there's there's a group, uh, Passion Fit guys who I went on training camp with, and they're from my hometown of Cheltenham, and and there was oh god, seven, eight of them racing, and then obviously all their support team came out, so there's a good twenty of them, um, and there's a, loads of other people you meet on the way, and other people you know racing. Jill Fullen was racing, um, so yeah, it was it's there's a lot of very good Brits racing and a lot of people had some great performances so it was great to share everything with with everyone um so yeah I think and the awards party here it was insane like the the um it's just it feels like a very family-run event um I've been to some races like oh I'll bugger it I'll just say like I'm on Barcelona 70.3 I thought it was absolutely terrible like um we went in and they were trying to charge like 30 euros or something for all our family members to come in and I know, just to come into the awards, and they were like, yeah, but you get food, and it was leftover food from the buffet when you come through the finish line. I was like, this is terrible. Um, yeah, so so I won't go back to that race, because mainly because of that reason. It was just, we couldn't believe it. it was, um, but this one's like, they welcomed us in. We all had amazing buffet food. Um, the awards ceremony felt, just felt unbelievable. They had like a gymnast dance parade before the music was blaring um it felt yeah it felt amazing it wasn't like a corporate let's get some more money off these these people kind of event after the race it was just yeah every, and the the atmosphere was just yeah it was just buzzing in there um so we had that last night um we haven't really gone to bed before 12 one-ish so we're both pretty sleep deprived <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah I don't even know what your question was. I think I just rambled on about nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, you, have you, have you, have you had? Are you going to give yourself a bit of chance to oh, yeah, um, that's what celebrate? You're yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So we've got, yeah, 100%. You always celebrate in the moment. Like, yeah. yeah I think some people can be like, right, on to the next one. But I, I want to do staffs, and not this weekend coming, but next. But I'm going to relax with it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. Um, I've got plenty more amazing races coming up. Um, so yeah, we're just very much staying in the moment. Can't wait to get <laughs> like, well, we'll celebrate with Titch, but that just means kind of giving her a cuddle. Um, <laughs> cause we haven't seen her for a month because we went to Pays to Axe 70.3. That was two weeks before I'm on Lanzarote. Um, and we dropped Titch off before that. And then obviously then we came back from Pays to Axe and had five days at home. But obviously wasn't enough time to go and get Titch and see her for a couple of days. And then she stayed on. So we haven't seen her for months and so literally just miss her a lot. So, and you always, feel, I always feel really guilty leaving her. So I always like, literally, this is one of my thoughts pre-race. I'm like, I have to make this work because I don't want and get a good result because I, I want a reason to go back home. Like, oh, we've been away, but it's been all worth it. Because <laughs> we get her back for 10 days and then we're away again for a month. So I'm like, oh, like, just have to soak her up. So I'll give her lots of walks because I'll be on a bit of a recovery process now. Love it. Nikki, Ironman champion, 
I'm oh, absolutely you. chuffed for you. That sounds and awesome. It sounds great, doesn't it? And <laughs> I've never, I think, I've never had that said to me. <laughs> and I think everyone listening and everyone who has listened since day one will be absolutely over the moon for you. So yeah, enjoy the celebrations and thank you. Best of luck for the next coming months, and I'm sure we will catch up again soon. A hundred percent. Thanks so much for having me back on, and, and just thanks for anyone who sent me a message because it's. It's been quite overwhelming and it's been quite emotional and, and just really appreciate anyone's support and whoever's been a part of this journey. Um, and yeah, I've, I try and get back to everyone individually because I, I really do appreciate yeah everyone's, yeah, everyone's support there. So yeah, and uh, congrats to everyone who, who uh, did the race at the weekend. It was absolutely brutal. <laughs> there you go. Consistency, 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 never giving up and Brilliant. having a strong network around you. It's so nice to hear that, isn't it? It was five years ago in, I think it was the end of November, we published our first show, wasn't it? November yep. of 2014. So five years as a pro. Oh I know. Like on the one hand, that's bonkers in terms of like how quickly the time's gone, isn't it? But I yeah. bet it doesn't feel that way to Nikki grafting for five years before she gets that first professional win. So I love the fact that she is stuck doing the hard work. And I tell you what, now she's broken a duck, I bet she gets loads of wins from this point going forward. Yeah, and I think as well as the fact that this year she is mixing things up and doing the um, paratriathlon guiding as well, it just gives another it gives another focus too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Hells, I've been reading at the moment. I don't know if you'll remember this guy, a guy called Charlie Spedding, who was from up in the northeast. He won a bronze medal in the marathon. Yes. At the 84 Olympics in L.A. Um, I've just been rereading his autobiography, which is absolutely brilliant. If people haven't read it, it's called From Last to First. And the page I've just read this morning before we recorded it says he decided he was going to win an Olympic medal when he was 16 years old. He was like a typical teenage athlete and decided he was really going to commit to it. I'm going to go to the Olympics and win a medal. And he didn't manage it till he was 32. So he had 16 years worth of, you know, building to the point where he actually managed to do the thing he said he was going to do. And then, you know, he, he didn't show signs of really being anywhere near good enough until he was 29. So he, he wow. grafted at it and didn't really break onto the international scene until three years before. So again, another awesome story. If you want to check that out, guys, get onto Amazon and buy yourself a copy of From Last to First. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Good, good. good. <laughs> Should we do some news? Yeah, cool. So news sponsored then by our friends. Cool. Sponsored by our friends, precisionhydration.com. If you need to get yourself some electrolytes, perhaps you're going away to train and race in a hot climb like Hells has just been. You need to take care of your electrolytes. Perhaps you're training in the pool and you're getting cramps in the pool. You need to take care of your electrolytes. Perhaps you've been feeling really sick and ill at the end of races and you suspect it might be electrolytes that are the issue because of hypernatremia. Get over to precisionhydration.com. They've got an online sweat test you can take, questions you can answer that'll tell you whether you're a particularly heavy or salty sweater. Their sachets come in different strengths. So depending on the results of your test, you can get sachets that perfectly match how you sweat. So if you've not tried them before, you can get £9.99's worth of free precision hydration using the code OxygenAddict. Get over there and check it out at precisionhydration.com. All right, Hells. Someone who is not known for racing well in the heat is our friend Alistair Brownlee. Perhaps he could do with a bit of precision hydration. Who knows? 
Oh, so he's going to be racing Cork, Rob, at the Ironman. He's, oh, he's, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's on the, um, (laughs) well, he's on the start list and he is due to be making his Ironman debut um, at Ironman Cork. But if you watched his post-race interview from Leeds, it, it just seemed like he was a bit, I think he was so disappointed with his result at Leeds and a bit like, what the heck's going on? Um, and he said, I'm not making any rash decisions right now. But he, you know, after the Olympics and Steve Redgrave said, if anyone ever sees me in a boat again, you can, you know, shoot me. <laughs> I think that was after Atlanta, wasn't it? Because yeah. then he still did go on to Sydney. Um, and and Brownlee mentioned that in his post-race interview. And he just sort of said, I am not making any rash decisions right now right. in this interview i need a few days to sort of think yeah. about everything and yeah. and just work out you know what's happening so yeah he's due to, due to race but he did have a very disappointing race at leeds if he does race then um also on that start list are some other you know it's so it's gonna have it's a stacked field isn't it i was gonna say there's it is not but, one but, of those um, like yeah go on sorry i was gonna say brent mcmahon marino van Honecker, um, Marcus Tomsch, uh, Phil Graves on there, Harry Wiltshire. Yeah, so it's, it's good old. Good yeah, old good old names. Race to Sam as well. I was wondering, you know, if if he is like we obviously we don't know his mindset whether he's just popped his name down on Ironman Cork start list or whether he's been going through it in his head for six, eight, ten weeks. I'm going to go and do my first Ironman. But if that is the case, if he's really sort of mentally more into the idea of doing Ironman and moving up to long distance than anybody knows, maybe his body's done that thing at Leeds where it's just gone. You've got this whole other thing coming up, kid. Just focus on the long distance, and he's kind of saving his body back for what he knows is going to be a because. It's a big day out, isn't it? Even for a Brownlee yeah. to do your yeah. first Ironman is as scary for him as it is for anybody. So, yeah, I'd be dead interested to see what happens here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Let's it keep, sure is. Keep following that. Okay, so another thing to watch out for here. This Wednesday, the 19th of June at Twickenham, there is a Women in Sport coaching summit going on. And Susie Richards, one of the Oxford United coaches, is speaking there. She's doing a talk, Hells, called What Happens When You Swap Training for Meditation, which I think is going to be super, super interesting. Uh, the, the little writer before it says this, in the week before the European 70.3 Triathlon Championships in Ibiza, Susie swapped a training schedule for a meditation immersion weekend in Leeds called The Practices of Freedom and Wellbeing. In the workshop, Susie's joined by Heather Umlar, who facilitated that immersion weekend. So just before her race hells, she went and did this meditation week. And she's going to talk about her experiences of focusing entirely on the like the inner race rather than the external race. I've heard her talk about this privately, and it's absolutely fascinating. So if anyone is around on Wednesday, I think the Women in Sports Summit is going to be super interesting anyway. But Susie's talk, I think, will be very interesting for loads and loads of our listeners. Mm, yeah, no, I've, I've had words with Susie about it as well. So, yeah, it is a, a really good insight into another angle. Yeah. And last bit of news. It's it's a bit old now because it was announced over a week ago, but Kona's going to move to wave starts. They are no longer going to have the traditional mass start going on. 
No, I know. There's so many people, kind of so many different arguments in response to that. People saying, oh, can you not have, you know, completely different races for men and women across two yeah. days? Other people yeah. are like, that is literally never, ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the people of Kona already have to give you know some some don't even like it having there for one day some are saying it's not going to make any difference so yeah plenty to it's it's read. an interesting i don't think very many people are happy about it are they even no. even people who are badly affected by the fact there's a lot of pack riding straight out of transition no one's yeah. happy that the race has been broken up for sure um yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens we could be proven wrong yeah. but i think what we're going to end up with is with 10 wave starts, there'll be 10 different packs out on the road. Um, and a lot of people from the earlier waves, their races are going to get mixed up by people from later waves riding through. So yeah, one to watch, but I'm a bit gutted. I've got to say, Hells, I'm a... That iconic big swim, you mean? It is. It is Kona after all. And you can make the argument of it being safer, but if you're at Kona, then you're a good enough swimmer to be at Kona. So start at the back of the pack and find some space there i think what are your yeah. opinions do you think it's a good thing or i i i think for iconic purposes it just seems it seems a real shame obviously yeah. i haven't raced there i haven't been affected by you know or i've never raced so at the pointy end being affected by age group men or anything um but i do it takes away the tradition doesn't it it does and it also takes away from that feeling of one there's less and less of these sort of, of these mass start races, which I think is great yeah. for a world championships when all the best are yeah. in the world there together. It's a bit different yeah. than your, your usual Ironman race where there's lots of people who are like, just please get me through the swim alive. Yeah. I yeah. think if you're at Kona, then you've, you've got to take it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the show for this week. Give us a little trail held for what's coming up next week because Boy, oh boy, have we got an interview lined up for you next week, everybody. None other than Patrick Lang. Patrick Langer, Ironman two-time world champion. Yeah. Exciting stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you listen out for that one. Love it. Yeah, so we'll be back next week with the Patrick Lang interview. Until then, everybody, have a great, safe training and racing week. You've been listening to the Auction Edit Triathlon podcast. I'm Coach Rob Wilby. I'm Helen Murray. And we will speak to you all again next week. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Cheers. See ya. Bye.